Should we do our normal entrance? We're back. We're back. <laughs> I know you missed us. <laughs> so, what did we think of last week's episode? What did you think? Um, I know we did get someone message us about how your story was very similar to her <laughs> and her daughter's story. Honestly, I've been bad this week. I've been so busy with cleaning the house up, getting it ready for the next holiday, then work, 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 work. and now I'm sick mm. with Wah. strep throat, which I don't sound like it, but I got those antibiotics boosted into my system last night, so I feel okay. Okay. Okay, so what did I miss last week? So we had a few comments about how your story was relatable to some other single moms raising, sh I should say, sharing their children with other parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you feel since you've... I don't know. I feel like no one listened. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay because I feel like it's one of those episodes that is needed. It's there. We're trying to show who we are as people and our experiences our in life. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not even 50% of my actual real story. Those are just, that was very mild. Anybody that's events. asked me, I have said, that's just a handful of things that happened. That's only the things that I can remember off the top of my head in an hour mm -hmm, of talking. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't, I like our podcast just like going through the conversation and not completely planning anything. Oh, yeah. I want it to be as organic as possible and in real time and unfiltered, obviously. Right. But um, I'm glad that we're not the only mother-daughter relationship that went through things like that. Yeah. That you're not alone. Yeah. And that's why you told your story so that other people that are going through it yeah, can and understand. I, as I'm getting older and the more that I don't care what people think and the more that my friends don't care what others think, they've even opened up to me and told me their stories of their childhood traumas, um, their daddy issues, which I hate that word, that terminology, daddy I do issues. Too. I do too. It gives them too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not important enough to have given me those issues. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um that was a joke, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it actually I stole that joke from Lisa Vanderpump when she tells Stasi, you're not important enough to hate. Oh, that's like the um what other people think is none of your business. Yes. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that one a that's lot. That's a really good one. So all positive vibes from last week. Honestly, I thought I was going to stress out about people knowing some of my story. But, again, I feel like no one listened. So, it's more like I, n I don't think people know still. Right, right. I think people who want to know will listen. I see. what I, I, I understand that, too, after giving mine. Yeah. like No, yours was a total hit. Yeah, but I, I think maybe as we go through this podcast with different episodes, some people are going to relate to 
your story or my story or someone we bring on story or mm-hmm. and some people won't you know yeah. but i think that's kind of a good segue into today's oh my gosh talk so i didn't even know what the topic for today's podcast is um until like two hours ago <laughs> so and i actually didn't even know the extent of the episode until my mother showed up at my house with a stack of paper mother (laughs) i don't usually call her mother i just call her mom mommy dearest or mama um so today we're going to talk about anxiety we'll talk about your experience like my experience uh hello hold on on. there's a giant airplane coming by (laughs) talk about anxiety i know i was like oh no oh no there's a plane coming i wonder if they can hear it (laughs) i think a lot more people than you think suffer from anxiety most people don't even know that they suffer from anxiety i know i didn't know that's what it was until i was 40 okay and started going through my recovery that's when i figured out oh Oh, maybe that's why I drank in excess. That's funny you say that because I feel like anxiety is a trend. It was a trend and people were making excuses for their personal, their actual personality disorder as anxiety and not actually going through the steps of being diagnosed with the anxiety disorder. Like I think they blame things on Oh, it's my anxiety. When okay. you're just nervous. But y- that's like, you can't say you have anxiety if you don't actually clinically know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to find out if we are or not. I mean, we both well, know we have it. Yes, we know. But and, and one thing that I already knew, but um, that I confirmed in my research was that uh, there is evidence that shows that it's a biological factor. It can be passed on. No. From, yeah. Okay. Remember when I was telling you like a couple weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to try really hard when I find out that I'm pregnant to not be anxious because I have a feeling because I can tell when trauma. you're, when you're anxious, I could totally tell. And it gives me anxiety. And then I know when my anxiety is affecting you and it's giving you anxiety. I'm like, there has to be a biological, like, math of some sort where you get it you can't this doesn't just happen to you well it is somewhat by traumas and circumstances yes yeah yeah but But it is passed on from that makes total sense Mm -hmm. because well we haven't even shared these stories which i think we should today okay is possibly certain triggers in our lives that have caused us to realize that we have anxiety which is seems like a long conversation but I think like for example you moving how many times when you were pregnant with me (laughs) um let's see I moved from Anaheim oh you can say it okay so it's not your current addresses about four times Four or five times I moved while in pregnant. a 10-month, like, full term. Yes. 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 
Yes. And I've moved three times. And moving's already stressful. Movies, moving's already stressful. And it was a lot of it was on me, except for the actual moving days because of the hours that your bio worked. Um, Oh, bio dad. (laughs) Bio dad worked. And, um, well, we'll just go into a little bit of the story is that, you know, when I left him when I was seven and a half months pregnant. Okay. So that was another move. That was where I moved in with my brother. And um, that was traumatic. And um, I well, had... Why was it traumatic, though? I It was traumatic because you think of... You know, growing up, you think you're going to have this family and this white picket fence. You know, you I thought he was the love of my life. And um, the future, as someone told me when I was going through that depression, it was like two weeks of severe depression while I was pregnant with you, obviously. And, um, you know, it's a really scary thing. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when you're in your doctor's office and he brings in a social worker to talk to you... <gasps> Yeah, because he knows your situation and you're just so down. And it could be because I was so up before and then that trauma. Like high highs and low lows. Yes, made me so depressed. But um, I don't even remember who said it to me, but they said that the reason you're like that is because you're mourning. You're in mourning of what your dreams were or or what you thought your life was and everything's changing. So my biggest thing was like that. First of all, I knew you were going to end up in a blended family. You know, at at that point, I was like, well, I probably won't have any Any more more children because I didn't want you to have steps and halves and all this at that point in my life. Yeah. Um, Before I was born, you didn't want that. I just thought you were going to have what I had, you know, mom and dad and brothers and sisters in one house. And and that didn't happen. And that's totally normal nowadays, you know, but I didn't grow up with that picture. (laughs) So that was very traumatic for me. And it caused a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, So that was just like the beginning. Mm hmm. Um, you know, I always say like, and when I gave my testimony, I said that I'm a people pleaser. It causes a lot of anxiety, especially around holidays, because you're trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. You're trying to go from this parent to this. You don't tell anybody. No. Shuffling these kids to this, to your uh, old ex-spouse and all of that. Yeah. It was as chaotic as people think it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's hard so and I wanted to say really quick um I'm glad well maybe I shouldn't say I'm glad I feel like I'm very blessed with what you gave me because if you were to have stayed with him and had more siblings Mm mm-hmm that's just that much more childhood drama. Mm-hmm. Yes, we would have gone through it together. But I think we all wouldn't have been as equally strong as I am right now if you had more. Like all if you were to have two more with him and I had two younger siblings, 
I don't think all three of us would be as strong as I am right now. Right. I think we all would have been hot messes. I agree. I don't think I would have the life that I have right now. Right. This is, I'm, where I'm at right now is what I've always wanted. Uh Uh-huh. And another part of that that I'm blessed about is I got to have time solo with the such a small microscopic alone time that I had with bio dad. I'm blessed that I had mm-hmm. because then I look at how much solo time I've had with daddy. Oh, because sh- you had to share. Show, it has shown me what a good man is supposed to be, how stable a relationship is supposed to be. And if, if you would have stayed or then got married and divorced from bio dad, and then you would have never met Daddy-O. Uh-huh. I would have never gone to hi- that Los Al High School, and I would have never met my husband. Right, right. Uh, the The series of events after that never would have happened. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So I'm just blessed with, even though there was so much anxiety, so much heartbreak, so much drama, so many tears, like I could fill a kiddie pool with. Mm-hmm. I'm so blessed that I made it out of that. And it m- those experiences make you who you are today, yes. like you said. Yes. And I always say, don't regret, learn from it. Yes. <laughs> good, better, best. Which also is a good way to think about life and anything that is triggering your anxiety. Yeah, you got to definitely find your triggers. Yeah, my, with my anxiety, if I'm being triggered my anxiety is being triggered i'm then overthinking and then i'm overanalyzing and i'm spiraling and i'm spiraling and then i think i mean i have to get to a space where i'm like is this the end of the world okay no did i learn from some part of it can i bring something out of it and then put it towards the next thing yes okay i didn't die no one died we're learning and then next time when I'm in this situation, I can do this. So then I always I always feel like I need to think, okay, well, now that I know what to do next time, I already have plan B already set up if this doesn't mm-hmm. work out. Mm-hmm. Also, every time you go through an experience like that and you survive, you breathe a little bit more, you know, like, yeah. oh, okay, I, I did make it through that. Yeah. You know? Uh, occasional anxiety is normal part of everybody's life especially mm-hmm. now what's going on I don't like anxiety at all but if I could live without it I would love that but the things that we do is we worry about health and money and family problems and you know generalized anxiety disorder is when you excessively worry and oh my gosh yeah that's so annoying so a few of the things that I've have Wait, are you going over the test or are you describing no, what No, I'm just going to describe what some of the signs are. Okay. Because some people might think, because uh, you got to be careful. Sometimes people have panic attacks. That's different than an anxiety attack. Yeah, I've attack only had two panic attacks my entire mm-hmm. life. Someone that worries uh, very much about things every day. Having trouble controlling their worries or feelings of nervousness. When you get that flush over you and you don't know what's happening. You know? Like feel like you're growing hives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, get that I used to get like my heart would start beating and I would start panicking and I would start uh, picking, you know, like we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do that. You know, 
Okay. Yeah. Nitpicking everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you know that you worry too much, then you should. If you feel restless or have a trouble relaxing, if you have a hard time concentrating, if you're easily startled, if you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, you feel easily tired or tired all the time, you have headaches, muscle aches, stomach aches, unexplained pains, you're irritable or (laughs) feel on edge. She looked at me right there. (laughs) (laughs) You sweat a a lot or feel lightheaded or out of breath. Um, That is one of the signs when I'm feeling very anxious is I don't normally sweat. So when I. Yes. Yes. That that hot feeling. Oh, my gosh. Ever since. mm, Probably. Maybe three years ago in 2018 when I was getting my master's degree, Hmm. I would start something would it wouldn't even be I'm not even scared to talk to a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not scared to speak in front of a lot, like over 50 people. Mm-hmm. What I'm scared about is like the 20 to 30. The middle. Yeah. that yeah. I don't know why. Because it's not as different as like maybe 10 people. Yeah. And it's a little bit closer to 50 or over 50. That's interesting. So I get this like not panicked or like stage fright, mm-hmm. but it's like. Okay, it's almost like when you get called on in class. Yes. And you're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't paying attention. And then you get those cold what sweats. What did she ask? And then your armpits are like all of a sudden pools. Your arm, your um, 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 um. Yeah, and you're like, no, but I don't even say um out loud like that. In your head. I'm saying it in my head like, uh, 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 oh my gosh, what did they say? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh. Even when I'm prepared too. It's so weird. They say children and teens often excessively worry about their performance in school or sports and catastrophic events such as earthquakes oh. or war. Mm. There was a time when we really worried about war. Um, adults often have highly nervous um, about job security and performance, oh health, finances, the health and well-being of their children, being late. That's one of mine. Oh my gosh! I stress you myself out about being you stress late. everyone around know, you out too. That adds with the holidays too, going house to house to house, and you're trying not to be late. Yeah. Uh, completing household chores and other responsibilities is something that you overstress as an adult about. Adulting, it sucks. Adulting. You'll love it. <laughs> so this is the part that I was telling you about how. Um, General anxiety disorder runs in families, but no one knows for sure why some family members have it and others do not. So it's a biological process in the brain. So that's why I tell you a lot of times, um, because I didn't know that's what was wrong in my 20s and 30s. Um, I kind of started to figure out at the end of my 30s and definitely, you know, once I turned 40, was that... um, you have to kind of trick your brain. You get to the point where you know it's coming on and you have to calm yourself down. Yeah. You know, um, it's not like that. I don't feel anxiety anymore. It's just, I don't react to it by screaming at everybody, you know, or yeah, you know, acting like a crazy woman. Yeah. I honestly feel insane sometimes. I know. I know. And I feel, I know other people around me think, Oh my gosh, she's insane. 
but I what I have to constantly remind people is I have really bad anxiety mm-hmm. and if I don't let it out, I will mm-hmm. explode. So you, you gotta let me have these little spurts yes. here and there. Yes. And then I feel better. But like ignore me. Don't let, entertain let it. Let her let Just it out. Let don't take it personally. Yeah. 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 I I, I agree. Which I agree. is sad because people think I'm attacking them and it's like I'm not even talking about you. I'm just yelling and you have a face. So I would love to be able to turn around in the corner of a room and just spew off all my anxiety and everything that's triggering my anxiety. But I need a face. Else it doesn't feel better. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like, like from you or with Woody, I don't want you guys to think that I'm taking it out on you guys. I'm just venting. But you do have to get that under con- under control. I know. You you do have to work on that. Um, Especially right now. You're super lucky because I think there was one incident, incident that you were having a, a anxiety attack. And um, I don't remember what it was f- about. But Woody came out and down the hall. Uh, this is just when you were dating. And I said... It's not you. She just, and he goes, oh, I know. I know. I was like, okay. And what did daddy say? I I just want you to know. What did daddy say to him? What? He said, I can't even remember his exact words, but they were, he he said to him, um, this is her. You're just going to have to figure out how to fix it in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, for a lot of our relationship, I didn't know that I had anxiety mm-hmm. and he was like, Oh, he's a fixer. So yeah. he was constantly so like, he was constantly like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know? And once he figured it out, he knows just to let me kind of spin. It, yeah. It's much less than it used to be, but let me kind of do my little panic thing and then come behind me and fix it. Like, yeah. And a hug. When Woody came out one time and, I don't know if we were going to your graduation, one of your graduate, many graduations. I think it was the one with the pink dress and the zipper broke the no. hour we were leaving. And I was like, oh my gosh. And you had to sew me in my graduation dress. That was, that was a bad one. That was one where, um, I said a bad word in front of grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we've never talked about grandma yet. Oh, Grandma Donna. Grandma? Okay, you you need to describe her upbringing and who she is right now so that people understand that saying a bad word in front of grandma is... Oh, so Grandma Donna is my mother, and she was raised by a preacher, Southern Baptist preacher, and she was, you know, on the pep squad and, uh, you know... Did all the church things. I mean, got straight A's. She was like. She was super smart and she went by every rule. She never smoked. She never drank. She never did drugs. She never cursed. Mm-hmm. She never used the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> Which you shouldn't do. She was like the angel child on she, ASB yes, in high school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know that. That person. <laughs> anyway. Uh, she was very hard to relate to because she had a very, very good upbringing and um, she, she never did anything wrong in her life. She at never all. did anything, never rebelled yeah. at all. But of course, she got married when she was 17. 
Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, you don't curse around her and she'll let you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had some friends in our neighborhood growing up that cursed and she, she, she would tell them, you don't curse around me or my children. Like she's, her famous phase was, phrase was always, I'm the mother. Oh That's why the beginning of our thing that. when I said I'm the mother, I go, oh my gosh, I sound like my mother. Yeah. Okay. Now she says, I'm the grandmother. Yeah. So she caused uh, a lot of anxiety for me just because we weren't very relatable when we were young. We're re- super close now. But when yeah. I was young, we were not relatable because I had anxiety and she didn't. She used to always tell me, you need to calm down. You need to be patient. And I was like, it's <laughs> easier said than ha- done. You can't control it. Yeah, no, you, you cannot. And the hardest thing when you have anxiety um, to the extreme, uh, um, it's called generalized anxiety disorder, is that you don't. You can't physically control it. Like, and someone that doesn't understand makes it worse. Yeah. And they're like, just calm down. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like those words are triggering. It's the, the, it's a very ignorant way of thinking and handling anxiety is by saying, oh, you just need to calm down or, oh, just breathe. Right. Right. You clearly don't know what anxiety is if you're telling me to do that. that, I'll tell you what anxiety is. Having anxiety and depression is like being scared and tired at the same time. It's the fear of failure, but the urge to be productive. It's caring about everything, then caring about nothing. Oh, my gosh. It's feeling everything at once, then feeling paralyzingly numb. I think that's the best description of what you go through that's literally me in a paragraph yes an oxymoron but Mm -hmm. that's not understandable at all like i (laughs) like i want to do everything on my bucket list but i'm too lazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's like um I wish doctors would describe things like that. Not, yeah, it's just anxiety. Here's some medication. Well, I think like when you're going through it, that you, you cannot explain it. Because there's all of those things are going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. The person that you want to be, the things that you want to do, and the way that you're physically feeling are all colliding. Yeah. At once. All at once. Mm -hmm. And you worry to extreme about things um, like everybody worries about their children when they, you know, are not with them mm-hmm. when they drive off in a car with somebody else. When everybody has that ex- worry, when you have anxiety, it's physical. It's like the worst thing in the world is going to happen. And you, you get sweaty and nervous and can't concentrate. It's almost like <laughs> ADD to the, you know, um degree you know it's it's difficult yeah. and so what i would do is try to tr- distract myself yes that's with what i do friends and parties oh okay i so, don't do that <laughs> yeah and now i distract myself with work right now is cleaning okay and i love i don't, i'm not going to say i love cleaning i do love clean so It's like cleaning your house every single day, every single room 
and then you don't clean it for a week. Debilitating. Yeah. It's it's like a vampire sucking all the energy out of you. It's like you're nervous all during an anxiety attack or you feel like do you nervous have, and do you have what a panic attack is on in those papers no but i can look it up okay let's do that i just want to mention one thing that you did say in the paperwork is fear of failing and also worrying about job security i do want to say that i'm not saying that everyone's using anxiety as a blame for their personality or poor behavior. But I think now, especially after 2020 quarantine, people losing their jobs and then trying to figure out how to get new jobs, then not getting jobs like that, just based on what I've, I've experienced and what some of my friends have experienced is we are, are, entire career was shattered and on the ground and we were trying to figure out how to put all the pieces back together and go back to normal and all of us are starting to finally be at a point where we're the pieces are now glued together and we have our portrait back up on the wall i still think all of us are experiencing that experiencing that kind of anxiety still and it's not fair for people in the management parts of companies to then say your job is not secure or you're replaceable if you died tomorrow you would be replaced okay but can we not think like that like yeah we're already dealing with the anxiety of what happened with COVID and quarantine and shutdown and a new president all in one year. And then you're going to say our jobs that we have now that we've worked our asses off to pick up the pieces, glue them together, put them back on the wall, mm-hmm. figure out how to keep them on the wall. And then you're going to say, oh, but it don't worry. It's not secure. Well, I think that's more bad management. That's no way to make an employee productive is to say something like that. Every so. single one of my friends is dealing with that. Yeah. I think that there is a shift in the work culture right now. Um, I think it will come back, but like the lack of customer service. I'm just and hoping it's California. Right. And not. Okay. So outside. Panic. A panic atta- attack is an intense wave of fear debilitating immobilizing intensity the heart pounds you can't breathe you feel like you're dying or going crazy panic attacks usually strike out of the blue with no warning at all so it is a little bit different than Mm. an anxiety attack to where um the anxiety attack is more like your mind you know like it's brewing into an out of control body experience Uh and you don't know why and in like I used to describe my anxiety as, uh, of course, intense worry, you know, worry about everything and that feeling like I can't turn it off. Why am I fighting with this person? You know? Yeah. Why do you care so so much? Right. right. But you continue to say you don't care. That makes. Yeah. Why does anxiety make you feel like you're a crazy person? 
because you think it, that I think way. because it's two feelings colliding together. Yeah. You that know? are complete opposites of each other. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what I really think helps is, uh, or what really helped me was uh, faith. I have a s- strong, strong faith in God that sometimes I know people now that their their daughter just got her driver's license and the mom's really nervous about that, you know? And I said, oh, I remember when my kids drove off for the first time. It is like you cannot breathe until they come back. And the t- I just made you text me. They have technology now where they can follow the car, you know, so they know exactly where the car is. They know when the car is parked. They know when the car started. They know how fast the car is going, things like that, which oh, is really that's great. Creepy. That's really great for a worried mother or father. But I did this thing. Every time you guys left or went somewhere, I would pray and, and not just pray to keep you safe, but say, I know the plans you have for them. I'm trusting you with them. You know, I'm, I'm handing them over to you. Mm-hmm. Please bring them home to me. <laughs> but, and I would feel kind of like a calm and that would settle my anxiety a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that it's completely gone. Your worry is not completely gone as a mother, but I could sleep, you know, I could function because of a uh, strong faith. And I think, um, what that makes me think about is somebody that has anxiety that doesn't have faith to rely on. Like that just must feel like it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. So were you like this? Did you think you were going to be that kind of a parent where you were going to be worried all the time or did it just happen as milestones were hitting? No. um, A lot of my anxiety started when my parents got divorced. Well, they weren't actually divorced. They were, I think they were married six more years before they got divorced, but they were separated. When, when my parents separated. They were separated before a divorce for six years? Yeah, their divorce took a long time because what Whoa. they did was they separated and then they just left it. Like he kept paying the bills and uh, me and, and her and uh, uh, my little brother lived in the house and he just kept paying the bills for a long time. And then when they actually filed for divorce, I think it took another year or two for, to get through the divorce because they were, you know, arguing about things. Wow. But that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. It does take a long time unless you agree. I mean, if he would have filed for divorce right away, then it probably would have been a lot sooner, but he didn't. I don't think if he, I don't think he really knew. Did they have to file separation or they just separated? Uh, they just separated. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the at the same time, I have two older brothers, and at the same time that they that my dad left, my older brother left. Oh, my next brother changes. left. Yes, and it was traumatic for me. I think I think I didn't know at the time, but going through therapy and things you learn about traumatic moments in your life that Mm -hmm. that change you that physically change your brain Mm -hmm. and your mental well-being and all of those things happen in one year and I felt like not only do you feel like your family is falling apart but everything has changed and I had never dealt with change before then okay so it was that's when my that's when the beginning of my anxiety started and then that went to then being in a anxiety field relationship 
Yeah, so I don't know was, how you did that because I dated someone that put me through an anxiety relationship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. And you even said he's just like the yes. name of my bio dad. Yeah. And I, my eyes were wide open and I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh no, this is not okay. And that's when I like, I mean, you had to tell me for me to realize that I was in an, a, a relationship that I was repeating history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I knew from high school, I do not want to have, like, my kids go through that. I want to be the person that breaks that cycle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of blended families or divorce or separation. I want to, like, what you said is you want to find your happily ever after, the white picket fence, mm-hmm. the big family. I want to stop that cycle of not getting it. Like, I'm, right. I'm I was very adamant in getting that so when you then told me I was in a relationship very similar to that I broke that off and it definitely affected him the guy that I was dating uh-huh, that was very uh-huh. similar to bio dad mm-hmm. and I'm just so happy that you told me that else I would have never seen I tried to be very careful about that because when I was with him um my my mother and him played a tug of war with me it was like they were both fighting for control of me and it was very bad very bad so Mm -hmm. when when you started dating I tried to be like even though I saw signs you can't forbid them from dating somebody they're gonna want it more Mm -hmm. you can't dislike the person in front of them because then that causes a wedge between you and your daughter Yeah. You know, I tried very hard to be kind to everybody that you dated and not really show. But that was one of the things I just had to give you that little bit and and hope that it worked out. I mean, it it, you could have stayed longer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that was a very anxious filled relationship of yours. Yes. That Mm -hmm. was like ups, downs, like he likes me. He doesn't like me. He said, I love you. Then he said, I didn't say that. And I'm like, whoa, it's like a narcissistic relationship roller coaster that you can't get off Mm -hmm. of. There's Mm -hmm. no stops. You're stuck. And finally, when you said that, I was like, I'm just going to jump. I need to get out. I'm glad that you were strong enough to do that. I think because I witnessed, like, well, I didn't witness it, but, like, I, growing up and then dealing with bio dad, because it was kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Up, down, there was yeah. drama Narcissist. all the time. Mm-hmm. I knew, I had dealt with some of the signs as just being the child of that, not being in a relationship with that. So then when I got to that relationship stage... And you opened my eyes to that. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. This is not where we're going. Yeah. Like, I do not want to repeat history. I've always said this growing up that I, I'm going to stop the cycle. I'm going to find the love of my life. We are going to have kids. We're going to stay married. We're going to fight for ourselves to stay in a relationship and love each other, date each other for the rest of our lives. It's going to be our notebook ending. Mm -hmm. The reason that I left that last final time Mm -hmm. was because I was pregnant with you and I thought as much as this hurts, I cannot 
have a daughter. I wonder if it would have been different if you were a boy, you know, if I would have thought the same thing. But I thought I cannot bring a daughter into this and let her grow up thinking that this is the way relationships are going to be are supposed to be. Yeah. This is not how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so that was like the final thing. That's what helped me be strong was that I can't let her see this. Yeah. I don't know how this episode turned into a dating. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, we'll go into a narcissist. We have lots of experience with narcissists. And a narcissist is not just a partner. It can be a boss. It could be a friend. But we'll definitely get into that episode. I also feel like no one really actually knows the definition of a narcissist. So it's just like anxiety, what we're going through right now. There's multiple. That's why. there's, There's different degrees of a narcissist. And they're very good at they're very good hiding at it and gaslighting you to thinking it's you. And well, there is that's the thing is there are manipulative people. Yes. And then there are narcissists. Yes. So it's too different. Yes. So I'm going to hand you this. Okay. And Am I going to quiz you first? We're doing a generalized no. anxiety disorder scale. Seven item scale. So I'm going to read it and then you do it. We'll, t- we'll test you. I'm going to write my scores down. Yes, please. Okay. So uh, what we're going to ask is over oh the last gosh. two weeks, mm-hmm. how often have you been bothered by the following problems? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the first one, feeling nervous, anxious, or on edge? Not at all. Several days over half the days, or nearly every day. Oh my gosh, there's too many options for me to pick. Just think of the last two weeks. Over half the days. Okay, so seven out of the 14. Mm. Okay. So number two, not being able to stop or control worrying. Again, you're choosing from not at all, several days, half the days, or nearly every day. Okay. Worrying too much about different things. I don't know. I feel like I worry about the same like two or three things. Okay. So maybe just several days, not every day. Uh, Being so restless that it's hard to sit still. Wait, you skipped one. Oh, I'm sorry. Trouble relaxing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I have issues with. Is there like a never relaxed ever in your entire life? (laughs) Have you felt like. You know what relaxed is like when you take that deep breath and blow it all out and you just feel, ah, no, if you go to sleep and your face is tense and your teeth are gritted, that's not relaxed. Okay. So then you're going to put all the days, nearly every day you have trouble relaxing. You do put every day. Okay. Okay. The next one is being restless that it's hard to sit still. Being so rest- restless that it's hard to sit still. Mm, I never have that. You're problem. not really a... I'm yeah. kind of lazy. <laughs> You're a lazy, anxious person. <laughs> 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 Number six, becoming easily annoyed or irritable. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead and put every day, please. Yes. Again, I the choices are not at all, several days, half the days, oh or gosh. nearly every day. And then number seven is feeling afraid as if something awful might happen. Oh my gosh, I'm all over the so place. So the scores are going to be uh, not at all, zero points because you didn't feel Wait, anything. Wait, how does this work? Because it's ve- there's several like so much going days on. you're going to put yourself down for one point. Over half the days, 
two points. Nearly every day, three points. So then total those all out and give me the number. Mine was a nine. Oh my gosh, yours is a nine? Yeah, what's yours? 25? 12. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, so um, if any of the above problems were identified, how difficult have these made it for you to do your work, take care of things at home, or get along with other people? Not at all? Somewhat? Very difficult or extremely very. difficult. Okay. Oh my god. So this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't like this scale. <laughs> so the scale is zero to four. You are a minimal you have minimal anxiety. Five to nine you have mild anxiety. Ten to fourteen you have moderate anxiety. Fifteen to twenty one severe anxiety and you should be medicated. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. I've been there. Um, definitely, we've been there. Um, I know other people that are, I am friends with or in group with and things like that that have anxiety and um, know that I have anxiety and they've come up to me and told me before. Um, some people, I used to do this thing on Facebook where I would post different things about anxiety because I wanted people to understand it, what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, or if they don't know that they're going, if they don't it, know, yes, then they know. Yes. They see it and they go, Oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Yeah. That's what's wrong with me. I'm um, not that there's something wrong w with you. It's that society hasn't taught us how to deal with it. Exactly. Once you start to figure out, first of all, that there's other people that feel the same way you feel. Yeah. You, you know, you're not alone. crazy. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. And once you figure out that that's why I feel like that way, you can then feel it coming on, understand when you're going through it, and and you feel much better. Because you do feel like a crazy person sometimes. And if you live with somebody, or you're in a relationship with somebody, or you work with somebody, that... Hi, Posey. Um, that's Oswald. Oh, that's Ozzy. <laughs> that doesn't understand it. And is combative with you or not understanding with you and doesn't kind of let you run through the cycle, uh, it, it can really make you feel like you're crazy. So it's very important. We're not experts. We're just giving our experience with anxiety. I think this quiz is going to help a lot of people. Good. Yeah. Because I don't, if you know you have anxiety, you're like, okay, but I don't know to what, level it is at right so i always thought my anxiety was like mild oh no sweetheart <laughs> no 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 another thing i just want to add is that i found out that the reason i drank in excess was because of anxiety um and i'm sure there's many many people out there that do that and don't realize it or do it and they do realize it because you feel that calming effect yeah when you drink and you do need to understand that adding alcohol to anxiety makes it worse. Or because when weed. you come off of the alcohol, well, when you come off of any type of drug, um, the anxiety each time mm -hmm. gets more intense and more intense because you've never dealt with it. You've well, never. Well, you've, it's you've not like, yeah, it is not dealing with it, but it's more like you put it on mute right. it's still there it's still building mm -hmm. but you don't hear it right not for that moment not for that night yeah yeah 
Yeah. So you're just like a volcano. You're just building it up, but no one sees it until and you, you don't get feel it too or far. See it. Until you get too far. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, if you don't deal with trauma from relationships, that old saying of baggage. Yes. You take your overnight bag from your relationship, first relationship, into your second relationship. And if you don't deal with those issues, then you take your suitcase to the next relationship. And then you take two suitcases and three suitcases and four suitcases. And, and you then just a trunk. <laughs> it, it, and eventually it is, it's going to blow up. It's going to, yeah. you have to unload that suitcase. Yeah. And that's why, not on purpose, but I let these little things spew out little by little, even though it might on the outside, it might look like I'm crazy and I'm yelling at my husband. I'm not yelling at him. Well, luckily he understands it yes. and knows, yes. but you, you do need to work on that. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I learned this new thing. Did yeah. you see, this is totally off topic, but hello, anxiety, um, <laughs> trying to make Don't. things relatable. <laughs> okay. Um, but on Salt Lake City Housewives, you okay. see Whitney dealing with her anxiety. She does this thing where she oh brings her good energy like hands. Yeah, she's yes. she's kind of like yeah, um, mixing up the air around her to then be positive. Get rid of the bad, inhale the good. So um, something that really helped me with anxiety. You talked about earlier speaking in front of groups. Yeah. Um, when I. I hated to be called on in school. I hate, I like that was like, I'm so sure a lot of people feel that way. So did I, yeah. And then um, when I started working in HR, the HR, uh, my boss at the time, um, didn't want to do um, onboarding, the onboarding presentations. Yeah. So um, I started doing them. And that first one was, terrifying and I witnessed you doing one. Oh, you were in one of my classes yes yes um, it was terrifying but what I learned to do was to talk myself into things and to make myself do things that were uncomfortable yes you know go into that room go into that um, when I first got into sales it was I would walk into a room and introduce myself to people immediately like I'm the first one Okay. That really helps with your anxiety. It's like the power move. Yes. Yes. Um, because if you, the longer you wait, the more anxious it you're going to get, yeah. the harder it's going to get. So I would just go up there and start talking. I mean, and I talked in front of huge groups onboarding tons of nurses at once. And as you do it, it gets easier and easier and easier because I was a lot like you. I liked a very small group. I didn't like a very big group. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very extroverted with a small group, not with a big group. Um, but pushing myself out of my comfort zone, that, that you hear a lot. Yeah. Um, in motivations and things like that. But pushing through my anxiety really helped me to learn to deal with it. So what are some things that you've done? Because I know there's, um, I told you this, I don't know where I found it, but I read about it in detail of how to distract your anxiety from you exploding, mm -hmm. like at someone and them thinking that you, you're taking it out on them or mm -hmm. there's something wrong with them and you're being 
a bitch to them. Right. So one of them was rubbing your hands against your pants, Mm -hmm. like on your thighs, Mm -hmm. and then explaining to someone what it is that you're feeling anxious about, why it's making you feel anxious, and just explaining that. And you're distracting your mind. Yes. Yes, because it's the frontal lobe. It's the frontal lobe of your of your brain. Yeah. So you're distracting the anxiety Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. exploding. Right. And then you're talking out what it is that's triggering your anxiety mm-hmm. and then you feel better. It's yes. It's like a calming effect. You yeah. know, when I was giving those onboarding speeches, um, a friend that I worked with gave me a little fidget thing. Oh yeah. I remember that. I would that. remember that little push pull turn yeah. and I kept it Button. in my hand. Yeah. yeah. I did that when we had board me like not board meetings, big meetings too, because yeah. they could be stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So any, uh, that's why they make fidget spinners and all that kind of stuff because something with your fingers your touch yeah helps distract from uh, brain. the brain short circuiting yeah yeah so that's good that that works yeah the so it was not only just the rubbing your hands against your pants on your thighs but also putting your hands together like in a prayer pose and then moving your hands the up and friction down of your the friction okay it's some it's kind warming. of movement friction uh-huh uh-huh and that's why I think the thing that Whitney does on TV, the spinning her hands spinning around her arms. up so and down. She's, she's, she has her hands in front of me and almost rolling them hand over hand over hand over hand like you're fanning yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's moving the motions up and down. Yeah. It's really easy. Just search Whitney, Salt Lake City, calming, something. I don't know. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch it, who cares? You can skip over this part of the podcast. Yeah. Those are some things that have helped me I think just going from a job that like didn't matter during quarantine that like I knew I wasn't going to stay in to now being back in my career fields and trying my best trying to impress my boss trying to impress everyone and trying to keep my job security there I think I'm back to that level of anxiety. It didn't just like build up. It went from like no anxiety to all this anxiety all at once. And so now I'm having to retrain my brain. Okay. I'm starting to get triggered. I'm starting to feel it in my body, um, in my blood, even like just the body temperature. You can just feel the drastic change. Uh And I think I need to recognize that more. I'm trying really hard. It's well, been like don't four stress yourself out with that. But I think it is more intense in a creative brain. You know, I worked with marketing people over the years with other co- with other jobs that I've had, mm-hmm. and uh, it's such a creative position. Like your job is such a creative. You can't force creation. Yeah. A creative mind. When you were in college, when you very first started college, I went to the parent seminar, and uh, one of the teachers that have been there forever, forever, forever. She said to understand that your child has a creative brain and when it's on, it's on, you know, your student will be up two, three, four o'clock in the morning working on something that they hadn't worked on in two weeks because you can't force that creative work flow. It, it hits you and it's like flowing like a river Yeah, and it's dry and it's dry like you can't force it it's like somebody that writes a book you know you can't they got to be out in the mountains or whatever you know yeah so she said keep a notebook by their bed 
so that when they get creative, they can start sketching or writing or drawing. Get it out. I never actually get it did out. that, though. So now you work for a company that is forcing you to be creative when maybe your mind's not ready to be creative. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's an added, somebody who has a creative brain, I think you're going to have more anxiety. Yeah. And I think because it's not my company, I think, oh, this is such a good idea. And I'm not being, I'm not having instruction in great detail, mm -hmm. especially like if you have a business, you know exactly how you like things, but say you don't know how to describe anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then working with a creative person and just hoping they read your mind right that's basically right. where i'm at so i'm trying to read minds but also create something amazing so that creates anxiety for me because i'm i'm building up this pressure in my own head of i need job security but at the same time i'm trying to read someone's brain which is nearly impossible and you're worried about doing things right yeah. Because you're a perfectionist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. I'm trying to, back at Grace in elementary school, when the art teacher would say, you don't get to start over. You need to make that imperfection that you think is an imperfection into something else. You need to get creative and create it into something. So when I see like, oh, I messed up on this, at this job, I'm really using that philosophy well, that is awesome i love when you remember something that someone told you yeah you know what i mean like i when i remember something that someone told me throughout my life and quote it I, it's like that's like an amazing feeling yeah. but it's so funny that you brought up your school can i just shout out to this doc this not this doctor teacher this teacher yeah it was mrs andrews oh mrs andrews i don't even know where she is so when awesome. you were going to that school I went to pick you up one day and the director of aftercare, they called it, is where you, I'm sorry. Director of aftercare. Y you stayed after school while I was at work. She said, uh, I think you need to work with Brittany because she is a perfectionist. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she says, when we were doing our art projects today, she would scribble it out, throw it away, scribble it out, throw away. Every time she made a mistake, she would tear up the paper and throw it away. And I was like, Oh, no, I passed it on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. When I she told me that, that was my first thing, like, oh, my gosh. What do I, did I do this? Did I try to make things too perfect no, for her? No, I did think I, it's yeah. genetics. I think you're, it's just in you to, to try to. Yeah, because yeah. I've tried really hard, but now I'm like. Experience helps that, that too. Maybe cool. I don't know. It, it's life. Sorry. Life experiences um, help with that too. The the more you overcome, the more that you go through, the more the easier it gets. That I mean, agree. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think my perfectionism back at the beginning of college so bad, but I think I was overthinking too much, and also caring too much about what people thought about me That's and anxiety. what they thought about Overthinking. my work. Now mm -hmm. I'm like, my boss will be like, well, why did you do it like that? And I, and I responded with, cause I think it's cool. And he goes, Oh, okay. If I were to say that in class 10 years ago, 
oh my gosh, I would feel like I was a total idiot or I was trying too hard or anxiety. Never think that anymore. I never think, well, I like it. So I like it. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it to you because I like it. Right, 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 right. And that's part of getting over the fact of like caring too much about what people think. I think right now I'm struggling with, I'm worried too much about what certain people think. So like my boss, Mm -hmm. you, I mean, maybe not, I don't know. Nobody Uh, worries about what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, certain people instead of the whole world. I get what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That comes from trying to be a per- you know being a perfectionist trying to be perfect but um if anyone has thinks they have anxiety or is struggling um reach out and get help for sure yeah don't google it because you'll really think you're crazy but i honestly <laughs> feel better now which is insane of it where i am on the levels yes because you felt so you like, feel okay. like you're out of control when you're in that moment yeah but you're not alone. Everybody out there that has some story that we've told tonight, you know, or r- can relate to something or know us and now know that's why we're the way we are. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what I mean, everybody's different. For me, what has worked is to push through, push through my comfort zone. Um, really. Yes. Do you, <laughs> I'm raising she's, my hand. she's raising her hand like she's in <laughs> class. Um. Do we want to go into medications at all or no? There is medications. In fact, um, having generalized anxiety disorder, one of the treatments or or many of the treatments are medications because it is. I wish that insurance paid for scans, like just to check because it it shows on your brain. It does. When you get a brain scan, it shows holes in the frontal lobe of your brain where you've had trauma or some type of life experience Mm -hmm. that has affected your mental illness and anxiety, depression, things like that. And excellent news. There is a way to grow that back. There is a way to heal it through therapy, through medication. Um, I'm not really a life medication type person. I mean, to each their own. Um, I think it just leads to other problems like liver and kidneys and things like that down the line. But to get on something while you can get it under control, 100%. 100%. But I just want people to know that they're, you know, someone might look at us and think that our life is a certain way. And now they know that we struggle. And we have it all together. Oh, we're not rich. We are the farthest from all of that. (laughs) We are not rich. We are truly blessed. We have um, a very strong faith. Yes. Um, Can I explain? I know we're already hitting over an hour, but I want to share my experience with medication. Excellent. When I was, I don't even know when it was. You were in college still. No, I was at, I was at a certain company and I definitely wasn't in school anymore. Okay. But I was working towards paying off my student loans and putting most of my paychecks to that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on top of 
dating someone new who's now my husband, trying to figure out what I want in life, uh, trying to grow my career really fast. I had very high ambitions for myself. Like some of the stuff I had to change and just with anxiety, that is a trigger. Like you're just like, I'm failing because I'm not hitting this milestone that I put Mm -hmm. for myself 10 years ago Uh uh when now I can say, okay, that was very unrealistic and naive of thinking that you can make a hundred thousand dollars at 25 and just having two years in the fashion industry. Right. There's no way. Right. Unless your parents are rich and you start your own company. Yeah. Extremely high expectations. Extremely high unrealistic expectations. So I think that on top of all that financial burden of student loans and me thinking I need to pay them off as soon as possible triggered so much anxiety and then seeing my career not go as far as I want it to go was I was having panic attacks and my personal life wasn't going that well there was granddaddy Mm -hmm. who was sick and I just felt like nothing everything's a trigger every moment minute waking moment in my life is just a trigger I can't escape it Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a very heavy blanket on me and I can't get out from under it Mm -hmm. so we went to the doctor I told him how I was feeling he prescribed me something I don't even remember what it was but it was like the generic of like Xanax but it Uh was very very low dose I do remember that he told me to take half Mm -hmm. I think it was like two milligrams okay He told me to take half, which would have been one. I only took this medication for two weeks. The first week, it was the half a pill. And I had to go back and I said, I am so tired. I feel like a walking zombie. I don't remember what happened the day before. I can't recall anything. Like, not even what I ate for breakfast. And it's noon. Mm -hmm. So then he said, okay, take half of a half. Okay, so now I'm at five milligrams. Or not five milligrams. Uh, Whatever it was. No, half a milligram. So it was like two to one to now half of a milligram. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you have very severe anxiety, that's the perfect dose for you, maybe. For me, it was too much. I still couldn't remember what was happening. And in fashion, things move fast. You have to remember... Every little detail of ev- every piece of individual clothing in mm-hmm. the line for that season. And seasons only last two and a half months. So I felt like, okay, now that I have one thing under control in my life, which is my anxiety, I'm forgetting things and I am not stable enough at work to then do my job mm-hmm. to the fullest. So after two weeks, I just stopped taking it. And I felt like you said, once you feel that feeling of like relief and no anxiety, which I literally was just numb in life, going through the motions, I was a robot. I felt like, okay, now that I know what it feels like to be fully relaxed, I can now handle my anxiety a little bit better. And I, I also am not one to take medication. Like, I think you should only be taking medication if you are in a severe or uncomfortable state. Uh-huh. 
which I was. So I felt like, oh my gosh, I need to just take something. But like now to this day, now that I have a little bit more triggers and I am recognizing my anxiety and anything that is, you know, triggering, triggering those pre anxiety attack feelings. Right. You feel it coming on. Yes. I now Mm -hmm. feel it coming on and I can somehow talk myself out of it or hold it in and then calm myself down mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. then come like make it home because before i would be calling you and woody crying well, or in yelling the car. And yeah i just i knew i seemed crazy i felt crazy and so i knew i needed to get to that point of taking medication and feeling what it's like to not have anxiety and i really am jealous of those people that don't have it at but all. I'm also blessed you don't know what it feels like to have anxiety you are one of the lucky ones right. and you need to recognize the people that have anxiety and have way more compassion for us because we literally cannot control it right right I think if you understand it more it it makes more sense it's easy to understand Alrighty. I think that was uh, a good ending yeah yes <laughs> I cannot believe I just told the world <laughs> all of that. Yeah. That this is probably the most anxious episode that I'm that we're putting out. Are you there. holding your breath still? Yeah, yeah. Telling that story I like I could felt tell. like I couldn't I could get t- any air out. I could tell you were holding your breath. <laughs> like yeah. Do you, what do I say to you whenever you call me with an anxiety attack? You go. Okay, hold on. Take a deep breath. And I hear you taking the breath with uh-huh, me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hold it. Now let okay. it all, let it all the way out. Every. Yeah. Reset. Like it's almost as if get as much air into your lungs through your nose uh-huh. as possible. Hold it for as long as you can and let, let it all out. Empty it completely. Yeah. Yes. And that. Oh, my gosh. That works so well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, that's it for the show. If you made it to the end, congratulations. You're an honorary Sutherland girl groupie. If you are alive and living and have an Instagram, follow us at Sutherland Girls. If you are on TikTok, which I hope you are and I hope you follow us, we are at Sutherland Girls. Also, you have to check out our most recent... Oh, actually, we didn't post it on ours. Oh, we you will. posted it. We will. We will. We, are, we have a very surprising, exciting, shocking, all of the feelings post coming up. And so watch for it. Honestly, it's still in disbelief who is involved with this post. Um, so go ahead and check us out there and follow us so that you'll see it too. And lastly, we know you have a Spotify account because that's where you're listening to us right now. So go ahead and click that follow button. We love all of you and we'll see you next week on Sutherland Girls Podcast. Bye.